welcome LA sports fans to the first episode of LA Court Sad Podcast. Numero uno, first episode. This podcast is being brought to you via the Basketball Podcast Network. 80% of this show will focus on both the Lakers and the Clippers. Notice I said both the Lakers and the Clippers. I know in LA, you have a segment of the population that's Laker fans. You have a segment of the population that's Clippers fans. You also have some that like them both, like myself. But I envision these teams making it, both making it to the Western Conference Finals. And I'll be talking about both of these teams, analyzing their play, criticizing their play, all the way up until they both make it to the Western Conference Finals. That's what this podcast would be all about. And I'll also talk uh, general NBA news about other teams. Uh, I'll also talk about uh, other things that's going on in the L.A. area, current events. Um, even talk a little bit about uh, some football, you know, a little Rams, a little Chargers. Uh, not much, but just to uh, add in a little flavor to uh, comment on what they're doing. I'll do a little uh, Twitter comments, uh, answer questions on our Twitter account, which is at uh, LA Courtside Pod. And another thing I'll be doing is playing a few old school music clips just to add a different flavor to this podcast. Like for my intro, for example, uh, which is uh, a group called Cybertron. That's an electro music group uh, that was actually formed by a guy by the name of John Atkins uh, in around 1980 from my hometown in Detroit. So uh, shout out to uh, John Atkins there. Uh, outro will also be uh, old school tunes and also in the middle of the episode uh, in between topics uh, when you hear some music come on some old school music you know I'll be switching topics uh, so for this particular episode I'll be analyzing the additions and subtractions that the Lakers and the Clippers had after this season was completed uh, for both teams so let me start off with the uh, the Lakers the Lake show as I call them and the uh, subtractions, the major subtractions that they had, starting with Dwight Howard. Now, I must preface this by saying I've never been a huge Dwight Howard fan, but I'm one of those guys that, uh, even though I may not be a huge fan, I do recognize talent. And throughout his career, he has been a talented player. Uh, there's some talk of him even possibly going to the Hall of Fame. Of course, I don't agree with that. Um, but there are some people out there who think he may belong in the Hall of Fame when he finally hangs up his uh, his gym shoes. But Dwight Howard, uh, no longer with the Lakers, of course. Um, he is or was like a rim protector uh, for the Lakers. Um, you know, anyone that comes into the lane, if he's uh, down in there, um, he will protect the rim. Uh, he also took advantage of other teams if they decided to play small ball against the Lakers. Uh, Dwight Howard could actually take advantage of that uh, with his defense. And uh, on offense, even though his offense is not as well-rounded as it used to be in the past, if he had shorter players on him, he'd be able to take advantage of that, post them down low, throw up some hook shots and things like that. Um, So from that aspect, he'll be missed uh, somewhat. Last year, he averaged around 7.5 points per game. Not bad for someone who's been in the league as long as he has. Um, One thing, though, I remember – uh, I guess this is not a good thing to remember about uh, Dwight Howard, but this involved 
my favorite player of all time, and that's Kobe Bryant. Um, when Dwight Howard played with Bryant back around in 2012 or so, I don't think uh, Kobe was that fond of Dwight. Uh, Dwight eventually left the Lakers and went to Houston. And in around 2014, it may have been the opening game, uh, uh, the Lakers were playing at home, and uh, Dwight Howard and Kobe got into a little scuffle. You all may remember this. You can find it on YouTube. And uh, they got into a little scuffle under the rim. Uh, you know, no punches thrown or anything like that, but uh, Kobe Bryant clearly called him. You can read his lips and said, you're soft. You're soft. I just died laughing when I saw that. He said, you're soft. And Kobe basically said, try me, as if Dwight was maybe trying to fight him or something like that. But uh, he called him soft. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, think Dwight Howard was actually a soft player. Um, you know, based on his size, his strength, uh, and all that, that he kind of plays soft. Um, but as far as him leaving the Lakers, uh, you know, he, he'll be missed down there in the paint. But I think that's a, a loss that the Lakers can deal with. Uh, the next subtraction is uh, JaVale McGee. And uh, like Dwight Howard, you know, he's, he's a rim protector as well. But he was very, very limited offensively. Most of his baskets were putbacks, uh, a few alley-oop dunks here and there. Um, right now, he's uh, with Cleveland, actually not doing that bad. He's averaging around 11 points a game, seven rebound, uh, rebounds a game, uh, getting about 17 minutes per game with Cleveland. So that's not too bad for a bad Cleveland team. I think the thinking by Rob Palenka here, uh, the Lakers' uh, uh, president general manager, uh, he really wanted to clear some cap space uh, to acquire Mark Gasol. I think that's the way that went down. And I'll talk about Mark Gasol uh, in a moment here as far as the one of the additions to the Lakers. Um, the one subtraction that will probably be the most controversial when it's all said and done is losing Rajan Rondo um, to Atlanta. Um, it's, you know, I loved Rondo ever since he came out of Kentucky. He's just always had a flair, had a real flair for the game. Um, his scoring stats were, were never eye-popping. You know, he was drafted by Boston back in 2006. He had his best years with Boston, uh, averaging around 11 points per game and 11 assists per game. Those are not, again, not eye-popping numbers. But he just has, has a flair for the game. He won an NBA championship with Boston back in 2008. And his basketball IQ is really, really up there. Um, my son-in-law tells me all the time that Rondo's basketball IQ is second only to LeBron James. I tend to agree with him there. Uh, guy is really adept at handling the ball. He's a, he's a great distributor. And, and he's definitely a pesky uh, defender. And a pretty good rebounder, too, uh, for a, a point guard. But one of his uh, major flaws in his game, of course, was his outside shooting. He's never been a great shooter throughout his career. Uh, but last year in the bubble playoffs, he actually shot 40% uh, from beyond the three-point arc in helping the Lakers win that championship. Um, most people agree that he was pretty much the third best player on that team. I had, of course, LeBron James and uh, – in AD, but he signed with the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, for two years and 15 million. Uh, I guess that was a price tag that the Lakers did not want to uh, match, and they let him go. And uh, Dennis Schroeder is the guy that's uh, going to be taking his place, and I'll uh, get with uh, or I'll talk about Schroeder in a moment. 
as far as Laker additions. Um, speaking of uh, additions, again, I spoke of Mark Gasol. And uh, here's another play I've always uh, liked as well. Um, he had his best years in Memphis, um, played most of his career in Memphis, averaging around 15 points per game, eight rebounds per game, which is pretty good. Um, he won a championship with Toronto in 2019, so he has that playoff experience. And he came to the Lakers um, after the bubble season 2020 uh, as a free agent. So as far as his strengths, you know, he's a very, very good passer for a big guy. Um, and you can actually run the offense through him. Uh, you know, feed him the ball at the top of the key, let your cutters cut, uh, you know, start the sets with uh, Mark Gasol. Uh, you know, he can survey that defense and then make the right decisions on where that ball should go to next. He is not a rim protector. Uh, you know, he's never been that type of player. You know, he's not going to be jumping out the gym or anything like that. But Mark Gasol, uh, he was actually a three-time defensive player of the year, so he's no slouch on defense. He counts more, you know, more on positioning, you know, rather than his, you know, vertical leaping ability like that. He's not going to make many mistakes. Um, he's not going to be a big-time scorer on this Laker team, but he really doesn't have to be. When you have LeBron, you have AD, and you have Schroeder, uh, they're not going to count on him to score that much, but he will get his points as well. So I think that's going to be a pretty good addition uh, to the Lakers team. Uh, this next addition, Montrez Harrell. Um, uh, to my uh, Clipper friends, uh, especially my uh, Clipperholic buddies over at uh, fansided.com, uh, I'm also a, a contributing writer for uh, the Clipperholics um, site at fansided.com. And um, uh, the feelings are mixed as far as Montrez Harrell, whether or not he's going to be missed for the Clippers. So basically, Montreal just changed locker rooms. Uh, the guy's no slouch. I mean, he was a six-man-of-the-year winner, you know, averaging 18.6 point, points per game and seven rebounds per game for the Clippers last year. Um, signed as a free agent by the Lakers, uh, and like I said, just changed locker rooms. Now, there were some rumblings that Montrez Harrell uh, and Paul George did not get along. Um, you know, he had something against uh, – Doc Rivers possibly giving them preferential pre, uh, treatment as far as practices goes and how much they have to practice and uh, doing that low management on occasion, sending them out. So uh, Montrez just decided to change locker rooms and go over to the Lakers uh, and sign a two-year contract. Tough competitor, very, very tough guy. You know, he's going to give you 110% every single time he's on that floor. Um, he's not the outside shooter that, say, Serge Ibaka is, who actually took his place uh, uh, in the Clipper lineup, and I'll get with Serge uh, or talk about Ibaka later on in this episode. Uh, but Montrez will come off the bench for the Lakers, just as he did with the Clippers, and uh, he will give them scoring. He will score inside. He will do some of the dirty work. Uh, he'll get you some rebounds. He'll get you some put-back dunks. Um, and, again, he's, he won't back down from anybody. Right now, he's kind of learning uh, his teammates and the new system that he's in, and uh, I think he'll be fine. The next guy addition is uh, Dennis Schroeder, and, 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 and in my opinion, this is the most exciting addition that the Lakers has. Montrez Harrell won the Sixth Man of the Year Award, and alas, who came in second? That was Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, this kid, like in the last, I would say, four years, has really, really blossomed as a player. You know, his last couple of years in Atlanta and then his two years in OKC. 
you know, so for his career, he's averaging about 18 points per game, five assists per game. That's, uh, you know, nothing to sneeze at there. And so far this year, he's averaging around 17 points per game. And I don't even think he's gotten his feet wet uh, as far as playing with the Lakers and learning all the sets, learning uh, where LeBron James, AD, wants the ball because uh, he has to play more of a point guard role and starting uh, where he did not start in the past. He's shooting around 43% from three. So, we, you know, we know he can make shots from out there. He's basically, in my, you know, the definition of a bucket maker, I'll call him. His goal is to score in buckets, and that's what he does. He's a very fearless offensive player. He'll drive to the basket. He doesn't care who's down there. Um, you know, he'll go baseline and, and, and drive in for, you know, if he can't dunk, dunk it himself, you know, he'll dish it off to someone. Um, and, again, he's still learning to play with uh, LeBron and AD. And also his defense is really, really underrated. You know, I can't wait until they, you know, play more games against the Clippers uh, throughout the year and um, see him go up against that, uh, that Clipper team, um, and, you know, and see what he can do with them. But uh, that's going to be a very, very welcome addition to the Lakers squad. So uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, seeing how he does with the Lakers all year, how Montrez will be doing, how Mark Gasol will be doing. And then the players that left, you know, Rondo, McGee, Dwight Howard, you know, they're basically playing for teams that's not expected to do much. Rondo is playing with Atlanta. They may do a little something. By the way, did you see the TMZ uh, footage of – it's very, very strange. Rondo looks like he was in a garage, parking garage with his girlfriend, and it was some other woman down there, and the girlfriend and the woman got into a confrontation – no major blows thrown, but uh, Rondo was criticized because it didn't look like he was in any type of hurry to break it up. Uh, that was something I saw on TMZ, so I thought that was kind of strange. But in any event, we'll keep track of all these additions and subtractions uh, of the Lakers and see how they do and, uh, you know, see how it affects, uh, affects uh, the team. Uh-oh. I hear music. I hear music. As I mentioned before in my opening, in between topics, I'll throw a little old school on here for you for your listening pleasure. Uh, this next segment, segment I'll be talking about uh, some courtside comments uh, based on the topic that we discussed today, additions and subtractions. This song here is by One Way featuring Al Hudson. Yeah. So these court side comments would be based on the topic again that we just discussed. And the first one, this is uh, an interview that LeBron James did with Spectrum uh, Sportsnet. That's the uh, regional um, sports network in the uh, L.A. area. And he was basically asked about the additions of Harold and uh, Schroeder. Uh, and basically, LeBron James says, hey, their, their ability to score and be efficient just adds to our firepower. And I definitely agree with uh, LeBron there. Um, they don't need to be uh, the, the, 
obviously the top scorers on the team are not going to be with, you know, LeBron and, and um, AD, but they just have to be efficient. Montrez Harrell, he's definitely going to be efficient. He, he gets his points mostly in the paint, you know, short range. He gets the putbacks. He does all the dirty work. Um, so he's going to be efficient in that manner. Schroeder, uh, he shoots more from deep, but he, he doesn't have to jack up, you know, 15 threes a game either. Uh, all he needs to do is run the offense, um, drive to the lane and dish, or drive to the lane and score. Uh, when he's open, definitely shoot it. You know, he's not going to be shy, but he doesn't have to, um, you know, just jack up a bunch of shots. Um, they have enough firepower on that Laker team um, without those two guys, um, uh, you know, having to score the ball so much. So I definitely agree with LeBron James there uh, that those two guys will uh, just add some efficiency to the already powerful uh, Lakers scoring machine. Um, my next courtside comment would be, this comes from Kevin Germany, who's a contributing writer for the Lakers at uh, also at fansighted.com. And he wrote this on uh, Christmas day when they were playing the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, this must have been maybe in the middle of the game or something. And um, he tweeted that Mark Gasol currently has seven rebounds and nothing else so far. You know, at least he stopped Luca cold at the basket a few times. Uh, the most important part of this tweet that he says, his impact doesn't always show up in the box score. And I definitely, definitely agree with that. Marcus Saul, you're not gonna, he's not gonna fill the stat sheet. Okay, you're not gonna have triple doubles from him. Um, his impact is gonna be felt in other ways. Uh, leadership, uh, defense, uh, the ability to uh, have the offense to be run through him. That's what you're gonna get from Mark Gasol. Uh, professionalism you're gonna get. Uh, championship experience by him uh, having won a championship in Toronto. So Marcus Gasol is going to give you all of that. Uh, I mentioned before that, you know, he basically took the place of Dwight Howard slash ja uh, JaVale McGee. And those guys are going to be missed in terms of what they uh, brought to the table. But I believe Marcus Gasol in the long run uh, is going to be a better fit. Uh, even offensively, he, he's going to be a better fit. They, they're going to lose something defensively, of course. But I think this is going to be a better fit for the Lakers uh, in the long run by having Marc Gasol on that team. And, um, and uh, he's right. He's not going to be filling up the stat sheet um, uh, like other players will. So, again, very, very good addition uh, to the Lakers and Paul. I'm sorry. I said Paul Gasol. I was talking about his brother, Marc Gasol. I was never that big of a Paul Gasol fan either now that I bring up his name. I've always liked Marc better. I always thought he was a – much tougher player. I know Paul Gasol was part of the championship team uh, that Kobe Bryant played on, but, um, uh, you know, I've always thought uh, much more of Mark than I did Paul Gasol. Just had to throw that in there since I mentioned his name. Oh, my goodness, L.A. fans. Oh, my goodness. Talk about old school and back in the day. When you heard this song come on, NBA on NBC. Either the either Jordan and the Bulls were playing, or or Magic Johnson and the Lakers, or or Larry Bird and the Celtics, or Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons, or Allen Iverson, 
uh, New York Knicks, and you know Patrick Ewing. You can go on and on and on. That song brings definitely brings back memories of basketball back in back in the day when a lot of people think uh, that basketball was a little or basketball players. Uh, may have been a little tougher back then. Not so sure about all of that. But back in the 80s, that's when, you know, teams hated each other. You know, the, the Pistons and the Bulls, the Pistons and the Celtics, uh, the Celtics and the Lakers, and they just didn't like each other. They didn't do commercials together until later on and things like that. Um, boy, that was when, when, when basketball was really, really popping back in the day so when i hear that sound uh kind of get pretty excited but that leads to another segment of course and this segment will simply be called around the nba and just you know talk about uh, uh you know a couple of topics things that may be going going on in the nba uh different players from different teams coaches injuries trades that may have happened things like that i'll also have uh breaking news by the way um, don't have any for you right now, but anytime some breaking news comes along through uh, Twitter feed, um, I will, uh, and I'm recording a session, I will let you know that. But uh, around the NBA, uh, just a couple of topics I want to touch on really, really quickly. Uh, the John Morant injury, I don't know if you all saw that. Um, it was really, really scary at first. Um, it looked very, very bad. Uh, turned out that he had a a grade two uh, left ankle sprain. And he'll be out three to five weeks, uh, according to uh, his team, the Grizzlies. Uh, it happened in the first half of a game against the Brooklyn Nets, where Morant uh, went up and tried to block a shot and came down awkwardly. And that injury looked much worse than the eventual diagnosis did. Uh, this kid is one of the most exciting up-and-coming players in this league. He's like must-watch TV when the Grizzlies are on. Uh, talk about somebody that's not afraid to go into the lane and dunk on you. This this kid, he doesn't care who's under the basket. He doesn't care how tall you are, how high you can jump. I don't care if you're seven foot two. He will try to jump over you uh, to score. And just really, really exciting to watch. So I'm glad he wasn't injured uh, that severely. Um, you know, he actually played. Uh, uh, on the same AAU team. At one point in South Carolina, it was Zion Williamson. Can you imagine those two being on the same team? But for whatever reason, he didn't get recruited out of high school or wasn't as highly recruited as Zion was. Uh, and he ended up going to a smaller school. I, I believe it may have been Murray State, I believe. Could be wrong there. But it was a smaller school. And um, a kid just blossomed, man. And he was, you know, of course, Zion was drafted number one. And I want to say uh, John Morant was either two or three or something like that. And it remains to be seen who's going to have a better career. I hope both of them uh, remain healthy throughout their careers um, and, and be able to give us some exciting basketball for uh, years to come. But that injury was really, really scary at first. So uh, I'm glad Morant's going to be okay. Uh, the other one real quick is Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, who has a partially torn ACL, and he's likely out for the season. The reason why I bring him up, um, uh, he used to play for the Detroit Pistons. Again, uh, Detroit's my hometown, so, uh, you know, I know a lot about the Pistons. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan, but I do, you know, know a lot about them. Um, he didn't get that much playing time, 
with Detroit, not as much as he had won. He played, but not, you know, nearly the minutes that uh, he was seeking coming out of college. He actually had an injury in college, too, to one of his knees. But um, he went over to the Nets, and then he started blossoming. And that particular Nets team right now, they, they go 10 deep. Uh, they have a, a, a wonderful bench. And now with his injury, though, that's going to force uh, Landry Shamit, who, again, ironically, used to play for the Clippers, so I'll be talking about him uh, in a moment, um, uh, is going to give him a lot more playing time. Uh, so I hope, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie can overcome this injury. Um, again, a, a really, really good young player. Not great, but, uh, you know, has a wonderful, wonderful attitude. Just a really, really good player. So um, it remains to be seen how this is going to affect the Nets down the line. Um, they're going to have to find someone to replace them. Again, they're going to have Landry Shamit. It's going to take up a lot of those minutes. Um, but they'll have to figure something else out as far as who's going to cover for uh, his production. So again, uh, on my episodes, I will have uh, a segment called uh, Around the NBA. And uh, we'll talk about other teams and other players as well. Gotta love it, don't you? Gotta love it. Gotta love L.A. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be talking about some L.A. current events. And uh, I'll also talk about uh, some of the other teams we have going. Again, not not much. I, this is a basketball show, so 80% of this will be about basketball. But just like the song says, we love L.A. We love it. So... Just want to throw in, a, you know, a couple of uh, little comments on what's going on around in the um, L.A. area. I just wanted to briefly, just briefly talk about the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, the L.A. Rams, as of this recording, uh, the L.A. Rams are scrambling to get into the playoffs. Uh, earlier this year, they were almost a shoe-in for the playoffs, but they've managed to lose three out of their last five games. And one of those losses were to the lowly, and I do mean lowly, New York Jets. And listen, I don't want to say anything, but I don't know what's going on with McVay and Goff, but uh, if they don't make the playoffs and if they lose, if they lose today to Arizona, and uh, they got to hope that the Bears lose to the Packers in order to get in. Uh, if they win, they're in. But if they don't make the playoffs, Goff or McVay, one of those two next year are going to be on the hot seat. Golf, I'm not sure what the heck's going on with him. Uh, you know, early in his career, he, 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 he did very, very well. I don't know what's going on lately, but the Rams have a really, really good team. and But their quarterback play is really shaky. So hopefully they'll win today, uh, make the playoffs and make a little noise. But if they don't, don't be surprised if you uh, see some uh, changes done, especially on the offensive side of the football for the Rams in 2021. As far as the Chargers go, you know, they won't make the playoffs, but you Charger fans out there, uh, including myself, uh, we have a quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh, I think this kid is going to be a generational QB, but he's being held back by Anthony Lynn, in my opinion, who's, uh, I hate to say it, is one of the 
to me, one of the worst coaches in the NFL. His clock management is horrendous. I remember a game earlier this year where I believe the Chargers may have been going in to try to tie the score, uh, and they needed a touchdown. They didn't have any timeouts. They were inside the 10-yard line. I forget who they were playing, but it's like their last possession, last play of the game, and instead of uh, throwing the ball in the end zone, uh, they ran the ball and got stopped and had to turn the ball over on downs. I don't know if that was the offensive coordinator's call, but ultimately the coach is responsible for things like that. Uh, if the OC called that play, he could have simply overruled it. So uh, I don't think Anthony Lynn will be the coach of the Chargers next year. Again, that's just my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But as far as Justin Herbert goes, uh, he's a star in the making. But I think the Chargers need to bring in someone with a more, you know, a more advanced offensive mind to get the most out of Herbert. Because um, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen with uh, with Anthony Anthony Lynn. So, just my two cents on uh, what else is going on in the uh, in the LA area. So our next segment, we will now discuss the additions and subtractions of the Los Angeles Clippers. You got the shell, the shell, shell, shell. This song here, I know you L.A. old school folks remember this one. This is called You Got to Chill by EPMD from back in the early 80s and mid 80s. You've got to chill. And I can actually put this, this or that statement on the L.A. Clippers. You got to chill, Clippers. Your day is coming. Your day is coming very soon. I know you cannot wait to get a hold of the Lakers. Meet them in the Western Conference Finals. All of us fans cannot wait to see that, especially fans in the L.A. area, L.A. County, California, all the fans across this world that's waiting to see that. You're going to win your fair share of games. The Lakers will win their fair share of games. You'll play each other during the year. Uh, Lakers will win some. Clippers will lose some. It should be very exciting to watch. But since the Lakers won the championship uh, in the bubble, uh, the pressure may be a little bit more on the Clippers. But don't worry about it. You know, you've got to chill. We'll get there. Western Conference Finals, baby. Wait for it. 2021. Let's talk about the subtractions and the additions for the Clippers. Uh, as far as subtractions, this one uh, is, is, is rather easy. We talked about Trez, uh, Montrez Harrell earlier, about leaving the Clippers and going to the Lakers and what his strengths and weaknesses were. You know, how he fit in with the Lakers as opposed to the Clippers. Uh, one thing about him and the, and the Clippers, even though he was a sixth man of the year, uh, he doesn't space the floor as well as, say, Serge Ibaka. And I'll get to uh, Serge Ibaka in a second here. Um, but Montreal has his strengths, and uh, that will carry over to the Lakers. Um, as far as the Clippers go, uh, they have Serge Ibaka, so I don't think they'll miss him as much as other people may think. Um, but you are losing the, the sixth man of the year, and that, that speaks volumes there. Landry Shaman is another one that they lost. Uh, he was involved in a three-team trade with the Pistons and the Brooklyn Nets um, that brought over Luke Kennard to the Clippers. I'll, get, um, I'll talk about Luke in a second. But as far as Landry Shamet goes, 
a uh, pure three-point shooter. You know, he's a young, younger player with pretty good upside. Um, his contract is definitely more organizational friendly than, say, Kennard. Um, but they decided to let him go, and uh, he's with Brooklyn now. And since Spencer Dinwiddie has gotten injured, now that means um, Landry Shaman is going to have to play more minutes over there. But as far as the Clippers go and will they miss him, uh, probably not. But Luke Kennard is going to have to step up a little bit more than what he's been doing so far. I know it's a small sample size, and um, I'll segue right into that. The additions for the Clippers, uh, I'll start with Serge Ibaka, defensive-minded big man, you know, big game experience. He's played in the championship series and won a ring with Toronto uh, along with Mark Gasol in 2019. He's a very good three-point shooter for uh, a big man. He can catch and shoot the three, you know, all in one motion. So that allows him or allows the Clippers to be able to space that floor a little bit more in Ty Lue's offense. Ty Lue's offense is, uh, is uh, different than, say, Doc Rivers uh, uh, ran when he was with the Clippers. You know, Doc Rivers is more of an ISO guy. Ty Lue is more of an open floor movement uh, a little bit more fast breaking up and down the floor if they, if they have the opportunity. Uh, but, you know, Ibaka, he's also a steady player. He averaged about 15 points per game, seven rebounds for most of his career. So that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, very, very good addition for, for the Clippers, in my opinion. Uh, Luke Kennard, this one, um, I don't know. I may be kind of biased here. Uh, again, uh, by me originally being from Detroit, I uh, know a lot about Luke Kennard and his days with the Pistons. Um, the, the, the one thing I have is it's not really against Luke Kennard. It's against the management of the, you know, the Pistons, I guess. But uh, Luke Kennard was picked over Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo in the 2017 draft. Um, again, no fault of Luke Kennard. He, he was picked where he was picked. But the one thing I do have issue with is the Clippers signed him for four years and $64 million. I think they overpaid for him. Some of that money could have been used elsewhere. Um, and, and last year, actually, Kennard suffered tendonitis in both both knees last year with the Pistons, even though he, he kind of had his career year with the Pistons, uh, despite all the injuries, with uh, 15 points per game. He's an average defender. You know, he, he can't really create his own shot. He's, he's pretty good on the secondary breaks and things like that. You know, if you leave him open, you know, out there on threes, on, on that three-piece. That's what I call it, a three-piece, the three-shot uh, three or three-piece or three-ball or whatever you call it. Uh, he can make that shot, but four years, $64 million, I'm not so sure he's going to live up to that. But we will find out. We will find out if he's able to uh, to live up to that contract. So with Ty Lue being the coach and you have Luke Kennard and Serge Ibaka, that fits into Ty Lue's uh, way that he likes to run his offense. So as the days go on and they get uh, these players get acclimated to one another, um, maybe you'll see a more free-flowing offense and you'll get more from Kennard. So uh, it remains to be seen how he's going to fit in with, um, with the Clippers. Uh, courtside comments regarding uh, this. Uh, Lawrence Frank, the, you know, the Clippers president of basketball operations, he had an interview with NBC Los Angeles and, uh, recently. He called Kennard a fantastic fit for the organization and said the 24-year-old's versatility and maturity is impressive. Um, um, it is a fit, you know. I, I will give him that. It is a fit based again on Ty Lue's offense and the way he runs it. Uh, maturity, yeah, he's a mature guy. Um, 
versatility, I'm not sure. His defense is kind of questionable. But again, four years and $64 million, not so sure about that one. Um, and another court sack comment I have here, Max Kellerman uh, on a prior first take episode uh, mentioning Serge Ibaka. He says, uh, Serge Ibaka is the perfect fit for the Clippers. He is a staunch defender and can stretch the floor with three ball. What the Clippers need now more than anything is a prototypical point guard. Now, again, I agree with Kellerman on that um, comment right there. He was really more so talking about the need for a point guard, or more so than uh, Serge Ibaka being a perfect fit. Uh, right now, they have Patrick Beverly. You know, he's a great defender, pesky defender, and things like that. But he's not the ball handler and distributor that the Clippers need. I don't think to uh, maximize the talents of uh, you know Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George, and Ibaka. But as far as Ibaka goes, yes, he is the perfect fit for the Clippers, and uh, I think he's going to fit in really, really well there. So with that, that is going to be our show, uh, the end of episode number one. I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, there will be many more episodes to come. Again, uh, I will do an episode or two episodes per week, leading all the way up to the Western Conference Finals, where we know the fans of L.A. is going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. So I want you to tune in to the L.A. Courtside podcast twice a week, and we'll discuss everything Lakers and Clippers all the way up until that point. But before I let you go, I want to give a couple of shout outs. The first shout out is to my fellow Clipper Hollick writer, Ryan Snelling of Fansighted.com. Also want to give a shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network producers, my producers, Aisha Jerome and Dylan Kaiser. I also want to give a shout out to my son Kyle, aka J West. That's spelled J E I W E S. He's a singer, writer, and producer. And he's the one that helped me get the GarageBand uh, app to help me uh, produce this podcast. Uh, so I'm an old school guy. He's a new school guy. If you want new school beats, Hit Kyle up on Instagram with the handle of J West Entertainment. Again, that's J E I W E S Entertainment. And lastly, also follow me on Twitter at LA Courtside Pod. And also follow the Basketball Podcast Network at Hoops Pod Net. That's H O O P S P O D Net. And with that, everyone, looking forward to. Uh, the next episode hope you can tune in and listen i really appreciate it until the episode number two peace